Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Yeah, we were talking about how musicians change these days and the rock and roll is not the same thing as mm -hmm. it was 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, and you were saying that being a musician wouldn't be for you because you no, I'd, I'd want to go home early exactly that's <laughs> I'd want to get a good night's so, sleep but, but it, it is possible you can be like a, a kind of guy like Cristiano Ronaldo a musician mm -hmm. which is a bit boring yeah and the the example we were talking about is uh, Patricia Va that was telling this story about being invited to go to to go to Cristiano's place mm -hmm. have a nice dinner to, mm -hmm. to enjoy themselves and it was chicken and pasta just that <laughs> And after dinner, uh, if I was preparing himself to a crazy night with yeah. some booze eventually and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and Ronaldo said, oh, no, well, I, I just want to just do some tricks with the ball. <laughs> I don't know if you're interested in that. <laughs> so it is possible to be the Cristiano Ronaldo musician type of guy. Yeah. You can be very good. Yeah. A very good musician and still boring. Uh, how we got to this conversation is, of course, our producer, Damien, is a famous musician or ex-famous musician and used to be best friends with Placebo. But he won't Every time you say ex-famous, it's, it's he so dies, weird. He dies a little inside, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, but he won't, tell us, he won't tell us any of the stories uh, on, on, that went on on tour. Not even off camera, he won't even tell us any of the stories. But I respect that. I would yeah. do exactly the it's same the code thing. Of the it's the code, code of the yeah. musician. And you'd know because you're a famous bass player. Exactly, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's enough of that. Joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football podcast is Dan Burke. Yo. Andre Gonzalez. Hello. And Roman Veltair. Bonjour. The usual email if you want to get in touch is podcast at onefootball.com. Get all your questions in there or you can get onto iTunes, give the pod a rating and leave a comment to let us know how you think we're doing. Now, uh, I want to take you back in time about a week or so. We had a, a World Cup pizza lunch in the one football newsroom and we're sitting there everybody's enjoying you know a bit of pizza before the you know before the shit kicks in <laughs> and Dan said something that silenced the entire table <laughs> the entire table he just announced that it was going to be a rubbish World Cup <laughs> and just took the entire fun out of the out of the, uh, out of the entire lunch uh, so Dan a rubbish World Cup or have you enjoyed it so far uh, I've enjoyed it very much so far I've been proved uh, wrong thankfully yeah yeah. my natural okay. pessimism has, uh, <laughs> has not uh, come to fruition thankfully okay personal highlights so far uh, well I was going to say that it was um, El Diego's uh, little cameo in the Argentina Iceland game last week oh yeah um, but, but then something happened say, something happened you know what I'm going to say don't you he looked like he had a bit of a cold <laughs> he did didn't he yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. bit of casual racism thrown in there as well for good measure <laughs> But, uh, what, but which he has denied. Well, yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then, and then uh, there was a, an interesting throw-in taken in the around Spain game uh, yeah. last night. I don't know if you saw this. Did, for those who missed it, maybe you could just explain it. Yeah. Really. Well, the guy uh, in the ninety-fourth minute or something like that, wasn't it? Tried to yeah. do like an acrobatic throw-in, and they've been taking normal throw-ins <coughs> all game. I don't know why he picked that particular moment with his team <laughs> one 0 down to do it, and made a right plonker of himself basically. And it reminded me of the sort of thing that I might do, like you know, I like, try, try and do something a bit flamboyant at times and just end up looking like a tit. And, and yeah, so it proved. Yeah, it Andre? was a, a solid one point eight in the Olympics because <laughs> at least. Midi Mohammed, his name is, by the way. Don't forget that name. Forget <laughs> because yesterday we were laughing about him, but nobody knew his name, so it was quite awkward. Okay, Roman, your favorite moment so far? I think the victories of Russia, obviously. They are, they are hosting the World Cup. They are mm -hmm. winning. 
uh, from yeah. Brantley. Yeah. There is no suspicion about anything, so I think uh, it would be a great World Cup if Russia goes to semi-final or final, maybe. They have ran six kilometers more than every other team in, in per match. It's motivation. Yes. It's motivation. It's, it's <laughs> so maybe that. if you prepare it's in Siberia, you will run a lot too. Yeah, that's true. Andre? My favorite moment. Your favorite moment so far? Uh, well, I really love the, the throw-in. The throw-in was something special because uh, we've seen it in so many other moments and people actually did it well. And yes, it was a disaster, so that was quite entertaining. Um, I was hoping you'd say the Ronaldo free kick here. Uh, we're talking really... Uh, are we supposed to talk about f football? Like, oh, well, like really? <laughs> maybe not. But I mean, it would be nice to mention it, you know, every once in a while. The story of uh, Russia running out of beer is also quite interesting. That's quite good, yeah. Because we're not sure if they're talking about beer or Budweiser. Well, we were... Because if you're running... in general. If you're running a, yeah. out of Budweiser, I think we're all fine. Yeah. yeah. It's not a problem. I discovered, did a bit of research on that story yesterday, that um, beer was only classified as an alcoholic drink in Russia in 2011. Before that, anything under 10% alcohol volume was considered food. Wow. But it makes sense because some <laughs> of my Russian friends, when we go out, they say, tonight I'm not going to drink. And they just have a And then beer. two yeah, minutes yeah. later, they're drinking beer and they yes. say, oh, this is not proper <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> anyway, we should probably talk about, a bit about football. And yeah, we should start we with to. the current world champions that are defeated at the hands of Mexico. I think it's time to write Germany off already, isn't it, Dan? Mm, possibly. What? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. No, sorry, I wasn't expecting I don't, I don't that. I don't think it is, but do you know the last time a, t a reigning world champion got out of their group? 2006. Oh. Two World Cups in a row were. Yeah. No, three World Cups in a row. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, if Germany don't do it this time anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're writing them off? No, no, but I mean, they've got yeah. Sweden up next, haven't they? Which, yeah. is, which is quite a tricky game, you know, they've, they've got to win that one now, really, so... Um, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit more difficult for them than they perhaps anticipated. What um, went so wrong then against Mexico? Was it more, you know, more well done Mexico or more a bit of both really? I mean, I read Thomas Muller said that um, th that Mexico's tactics surprised them. They were expecting Mexico to to try and press them high and keep the ball and stuff like that. And what Mexico did was just sat back and caught them on the break time and time again. Um, Boateng and Hummels just couldn't handle handle it at all. They had no protection from Kadira in midfield and, and Tony Kroos. Um, they were just overwhelmed time and time again. And 1-0 flattered uh, Germany, I thought, in the mm. end. My worry when Mexico were piling forward and having all these chances was they weren't going to score and then Germany were going to nick it. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was a... What's interesting goal. is that Love never responded to any of that. That was fairly obvious mm. from my couch in Berlin. So I don't know why Love couldn't see that on the pitch. And they have that guy high up in the stands too that, that's yeah, coordinating yeah. with them. Too busy scratching uh, his arse, wasn't yeah, he? Um, well, mm. <laughs> anyway, some, uh, some praise for Mexico Tactics and Carlos Vea. I don't know if you remember Carlos Vea from his Arsenal days, but yeah. wow, a very different player. No. No? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. um, uh, Carlos Vela was always good. Always good. But if we're talking about a player, if you want a player to play like that for a season long, probably Vela is not your pick. Okay. But in a competition like this, one month and a half or so, that's perfect for Carlos Vela. That's, that's his natural habitat, I would say. Okay. And also the way he's playing uh, at Mexico is way better than it was... Uh, Playing like the way he was playing at uh, at Arsenal. At Arsenal, some, sometimes he would be playing in one of the wings, mm. which I 
personally think doesn't make any sense for a player like, like Vela. But in Mexico is a classic 10, is in the middle, is the man responsible for uh, dictate the tempo of the game. And, um, and he's really good at that. He's okay. doing exactly that with uh, LAFC on, um, in the MLS now. My f- second favorite MLS team. Uh, what about Rafa Marquez? He's now played in every single World Cup and they won't let him even drink from the same bottle as his teammates. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah, this was a, a fascinating a story. story. I thought it was covered by the, the New York Times yesterday. So um, in, case, in case you're not aware, Marquez was involved uh, or alleged to have an involvement in a, a drug trafficking ring um, back in 2015. Um, as a result, his, his assets in the United States were frozen and the, the US Treasury have basically blacklisted him uh, which means American corporations, banks, and even individuals can't have anything to do with him at this moment in time. So he can't wear Mexico's training kit because it has Coca-Cola on the front of it. Um, he can't drink out of the, the same water bottles as his teammates. He can't be interviewed in front of uh, advertising hoardings that contain the the, the World Cup sponsors. Um, he's not going to win the Budweiser Man of the Match anytime soon either. So, yeah, it's a really, really crazy story. I mean, he... he um, He's adamant that he's, he's innocent and his lawyers are, are working with the, the US government to try and resolve the situation. Yeah. But it's probably not going to be happened uh, happen by the time of the end of the World Cup comes around. But imagine Mexico won the World Cup. Like, how awkward is that going to be? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we need to worry about that too much. Uh, <laughs> what about uh, Yogi Love and the Sweden game that you've already mentioned? Do you think mm. he'll change anything? I think he has to, yeah. I think he's got to have at least one more man in the midfield with them. I would, if I was him, I would drop Kadira and probably put Gundogan and Goretzka in alongside Kroos and just stop them being overrun in midfield. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it might be a slightly different game. I, can, I imagine Sweden are going to sit really deep and perhaps not break as much and it's just going to have to be a case of Germany being really patient trying to break them down. I would also play uh, Brandt instead of uh, Traxler. Mm. Is a much more um, predictable, uh, love loves a predictable love loves to love winger Draxler, <laughs> as what I would say. So he's uh, never going to drop him. Draxler is quite predictable. You know what he's going to do. He has two movements. He basically, <laughs> basically he cuts inside and and uh, try to sh- uh, a shot, or he cuts inside and and tries a one two. That's the only That's thing it. you're going to get from Draxler, yeah, yeah. and he's good at it. But uh, you need some um, um, some guy that brings something I don't know some Sané or something like that (laughs) okay Uh, speaking of big teams underperforming Argentina we talked about it last week but were you surprised at all Roman how bad they were I mean the game was not that surprising because we could expect uh, Iceland to really defend and uh, be in front of their their goal then what was really surprising is that Argentina doesn't have any idea about what to do with the ball Mm. basically you, you give it to Messi and you expect him to do something uh, I thought that, for instance, Banega or maybe Los Celso would play so that they could give the ball to, to Messi, like, I don't know, 20 meters or 30 meters from the goal, and then he could do something. Mm-hmm. But as there was not this kind of player, he had to come really deep. Yeah. It was uh, too, too easy to defend for Iceland, I think. I, I think there was one stage I was watching it, Messi picked the ball up almost on the halfway line. Yeah, but you know, What's the point in giving Messi you, the ball you know there? It's like, too far away. You know something like that would happen when you played Bilia in, in Mascherano. Yeah, that's it. There were... <laughs> Almost like and two additional centre backs. They were mm. playing so deep, and you don't have any anyone capable of bringing the game to the mm-hmm. to the uh, opponent uh, midfield. And even with these players, they didn't defend quite well. So that no, was surprising no, no. also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they play Croatia tonight in the late game. Sampaoli sort of unsure about his starting eleven. What would you expect him to change? Will Benega start? Apparently, Benega will not start. Oh. I think I think he will do more or less the same. Uh, in the end, you can say that if Messi scored the penalty, we would not discuss about all this. It would be like 
not a great uh, victory, mm -hmm. but it would be a victory a bit like France, for instance. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure it will, it will change a lot. Uh, Korea, obviously, Croatia will not play as, as, as Iceland. They will uh, do more things with the, with the ball, so maybe the same tactic can, can work for, for Argentina. It is amazing how terrible Messi is at penalties, given that he's so good at everything else. <laughs> I don't think he's terrible. He's not a very good penalty. He's not a very good. That wasn't a good penalty. Yeah, that wasn't but, a very good penalty either. I think the thing about Messi, what surprised me really, it was uh, his um, his mindset and how he looked on the field, uh, and even more if you compare with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, it looked like the pressure was really negative for him uh, during mm -hmm. this game. Mm -hmm. And if you compare to Ronaldo, it feels like the pressure is good for him. He needs mm -hmm. this to to oh, perform, and I think Messi is really a, a burden for him now. That's a very good point because before Ronaldo took that free kick. I knew it was going in. Yeah. I didn't even have to look at it. I knew for sure. You could just tell from the confidence on his face, this is going in. Didn't you? And it was so obvious. But fair play to him. He's doing well. But I want to go back to a couple of more uh, shock results, Andre. Switzerland. Jackie, do you know what was most shocking about this result for me is that I found out Switzerland are actually sixth in the world. They're a very good team. I didn't know that. Yeah, you, you were shocked, but uh, they're a very, very good team. But on a serious note, that was a well-deserved result. It I was, thought they played very well. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but Portugal and Switzerland, they were in the same group on the qualifying stage. It's um, almost like I didn't watch those games. Almost. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, it was it was a very good qualifying for Switzerland. They they lost one game against Portugal. That was their only loss. And um, before that, I think there were like fifteen games in a row yeah. with, without a defeat. So playing against Brazil in a World Cup, I, I was expecting a very complicated game from Brazil. Yeah, and yeah. it was complicated. It was made even more complicated by Neymar. I want to say this straight off the bat: I like the hair. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's kind of cool. It's a fitting tribute to Peter Stringfellow, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, he was poor, and he's being indulged. He was getting battered, though, wasn't he? As well, yeah. He was he's subject to more fouls than any World Cup player in a single game in twenty Which years. Which is something normal, and we, I think we were all expecting this. But this. he was poor. Come on, let's be honest about it. Yeah, but. Uh, you were expecting um, Neymar to start a game and score a brace, and yeah, if why? he's if he's if he's positioning he was, himself as to be one of the top yeah. players in the world, he shouldn't he shouldn't be t slowing down the play like he is for Brazil. He's taking way too many touches. Like, but this is and no but offense that, to Liga, but I feel like this is, some, this is something it's he's true. learned from PSG. Yeah. He wouldn't it's have done this as a Barca player. player. Yeah. But He's, you also have to understand that the man was, uh, he didn't play for the second half of the season. Mm. Uh, there was no um, particular plan to bring him back to 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think with this reason, you should be even more smart and play more with your with your colleagues and everything. But he that, tried to make the difference his, on his that's own. That's not his style. Yeah, but that's it why would, he's not, he's he not a he smart player. He wouldn't change his style to play yeah. uh, in a different way in the World Cup just because it's the World Cup. And it's the same he wants with, to enjoy himself playing football. It's the same with Every Ref, for instance. In Ref, in Liga, if he feels like somebody is uh, touching him or something, he falls on the floor, he looks at the Ref and then the guy whistles. In the World Cup, it was exactly the same. Yeah. If Berami was close to him, he was falling on the floor and we were expecting the ref, but it's not it's not Liga, it's not mm. a it's completely different. So it was really disappointing, yeah. Yeah, I I mean they won't drop him obviously, but is he fit enough to start? Yeah, he's gonna start. Okay. Uh, it's it's uh, even if he's not delivering, he's gonna start because he's Neymar. 
Yeah. Uh, if you if you bench Neymar, people will go mad. Absolutely. I don't mad. get. That. I mean, I understand why this happens, but yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. The overall Brazil performance was poor. It I mean, one a, one nice piece of skill from Coutinho. It wasn't and as was good as expected, but um, with with Tite, they don't play a flamboyant style of football. It's more about being compact, being really solid for for the all oh. ninety minutes, which is something new to this Brazil. If you think of the previous Brazil, that was it was a, cha- a absolutely chaos. It was. Uh, a group of 11 players and you would rely on someone to create a beautiful play and decide the game. Things change. I think uh, Tite is a bit like uh, a Mourinho of Brazil, the way he perceives the game. Oh, it's more about <laughs> it's more about bringing um, a solid collective than actually trying to think to, to do something out of nothing and create a I mean, that's not what I want from my Brazil. But um, <laughs> uh, We were talking last week uh, about the debate between Jesus and Firmino. Do you think he did enough to justify his place? I think the next Firmino game? should start. But yeah. we discussed that. And right now, he's in a better shape. I think he, he would be the, the best choice. Okay. As for France... Uh, a performance as underwhelming as Patrice Evra's punditry. Yeah. Uh, not great, was it? No, it was not great. We expected a bit more, uh, especially as they played uh, really well against Italy with almost the same eleven, like uh, one week before the game. But uh, at the end, you just uh, go on with the victory and it's more or less Deschamps style. You know, you don't expect a great football, so I we get we can, on with the three points and it's good. It is so sad that we can say that about most coaches yeah. in the World Cup. Ah. We don't we don't expect any fireworks. You're, you're it's just about the here. result. Let's yeah. let's get yeah, the it. let's get the three points. Yeah. And all thanks to VAR, the first ever VAR goal in the World Cup. I mean, the experience was a bit strange because uh, we thought there was a fall at the beginning. Then the game goes on. Then the referee goes to see the the video, mm-hmm. and then finally you are really happy to get the penalty. So there is a bit of distance in terms of seconds, but the joy is more or less the same. <laughs> What's everybody made of VAR in the World Cup? I don't understand how it works. Do I you? love it. No. I think it's been brilliant. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that penalty, for example, was yeah. a penalty. Every single penalty decision, the referee has changed his mind and got it right. Yeah. The only thing, the only moment of doubt I've had is in that Spain Iran game last night, that Iran goal that was disallowed mm. after the guy went crazy. You know, that was the greatest moment of that guy's life and it was taken away <laughs> from him. And you think, is it going to suck the fun out of football a little bit? But equally, What's the point in having the offside rule if it's not going to be enforced properly? Mm-hmm. If we're just going to go, ah, oh, he's only a little bit offside, so we'll give that a goal because he celebrated it wildly. Like the rules are the rules, aren't they? So I don't know, that's a good enough reason for me. I watched <laughs> it a few times. Was was he really offside? He I couldn't. Was. I couldn't he was. see it. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was a little bit. All right. And the linesman did flag for that one initially. Okay. So what they only did there was just check that his decision and was right. That was uh, the typical play that if you don't have VAR, you would see the replay and see like he's slightly offside and you think mm, it's a bit offside but it's normal that the referee mm. cannot yeah. see yeah. this because mm. it's just a little bit but now like, we have we have the video now so there isn't it's so clinical ah, where's the fun <laughs> anyway what's what's the reaction been like in in France are they are they happy enough with how it's with the performance probably not right as I said the content of the performance everybody criticised uh, the team obviously mm-hmm. uh, we were really disappointed by the lack of pressing and the lack of uh, activity especially from Mbappé Dembélé and Griezmann mm-hmm. uh, then as you say you see that uh, most of the big teams they did a draw or they lost so then mm-hmm. finally you're, you're happy 
Yeah. You, we know that first game is always difficult in a World Cup, so we can get on with the three points. But then there has to be a lot of changes. There's a lot of people defending Pogba. Yeah, because we know that Pogba can do something, you know. In big games... <laughs> it's it a lot of people attacking him as well, to be fair, oh, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah. He might be the guy doing the, the difference, so... I still mm-hmm. don't get the positioning of Pogba in the French team. I th- I think he doesn't get it as well. That's that's one of the problems. <laughs> oh, I don't think Mourinho gets it either. Juventus is where he played perfectly, but I mean that might be might be talk for another day. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a few more French things what, we need to. What does that play. say about the player that you you cannot understand? What is? Well, it's a bit like Steven Gerrard. Pos- Gerrard had sort of had those sort of question marks around his best position as well, and I don't know if he. I'm not saying he never found it, but there were always question marks about <coughs> position. I feel with Pogba as well that it's never his best position outside of his games at Juventus, and I could be wrong, yeah. but it just hasn't really been found. I, f- I think he could be a very good Diaby, for instance. <laughs> What's, uh, what I'm most worried about, um, Roman, is that we're a week in and we haven't had any fights amongst the French team. What's happening here? We took only nice guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do things on Instagram. Everything, everything is nice. No then, Scorpios allowed. Yeah, but yeah. then maybe you will not win the World Cup with these guys. <laughs> the Dutch uh, aren't here fighting either as the well. Dutch it, feels, fight, yeah. it feels a bit yeah. too calm, doesn't it? It's all it? a bit safe. And I mean, yeah. like the English in their, in their swimming pool. Yeah, on their uni- <laughs> riding their unicorns. Uh, game against Peru yes. today. Anything Deschamps will change? Will, will Giroud start? Yes, Giroud oh, no. will start. Uh, Dembele will be out. Okay. Griezmann will play uh, just behind Giroud, like mm-hmm. they played in the Euro 2016. Okay. And normally, uh, Matuidi will start. Mm-hmm. He will play on the left wing. Ooh. And so Pogba will be closer to Conte, mm. and he will be a bit more free, I think. Oh. He will be able to, to run more, so I think it will be better for everyone. I hear all these names, and I'm like, whoa, Matuidi, Pogba, Giroud, Griezmann. I'm like, they should be brilliant. They yes. really should be brilliant. Is Mendy going to play, do you think? No. No. He will keep the same defence. <laughs> yeah, it's really strange that Mendy, Mendy doesn't play at all. Uh, Dan, England won. They did. Football's coming home. It certainly is. I mean, nothing <laughs> says football's coming home than like beating a team ranked 21st in the world with a last-minute goal, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, performance was okay. Yeah. I mean, for the first 20 minutes, it was as good as anything I've seen at this World Cup. I don't yeah. think anyone's really impressed me so far at this World Cup. And the, Except the Russia. First round of I'm games. really impressed with well, Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it, isn't it? They're the only team who have legitimately had a really, really good start. Um, that that equaliser knocked the wind out of England's sails a little bit. Uh, and then the last 70 minutes was quite average. But, you know, they got the late winner. They got the yeah. win. They play Panama on Saturday. So win that game and they're, they're through, aren't they? Yeah. And they'll be playing it without Deli Ali. But who'll, like who'll it, yeah. step in for him? Um, I don't know, really. Eric Dyer, maybe someone like that. He might play with two in the middle, or okay, yeah. All right. Mm. There's not much to say about England other than that, then, is there really? No, Gareth Southgate uh, dislocated his shoulder <laughs> running what? at the. Tr- you not hear about this? Oh yeah. That's, Go on, tell me. Yeah, he, he went for a jog uh, yesterday and dislocated his shoulder. I've been for many a jog. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> I. I was, I've never this. dislocated a shoulder. I don't know how you do it, but yeah. it can happen, yeah. It would never have happened to Big Sam, I think we can agree on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a while since Big Sam went for a jog. Yeah, but England say. were really, really good. And if, if by, by the minute, minute 20, it could be like 3-0 yeah, exactly, easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, One now, of us here picked them to be the surprise package at this World Cup. I'm not going to name who they are, it was. They're in, a, in a, an easy group. Yeah, you need so, to say against Belgium at least. Yeah. Because so it, the game against Belgium is going gonna, is gonna to yeah. be like the, mm. the first real test for, for England. Yeah. But so far... So good. Okay. As for Spain, they'll be relatively happy with themselves, I think. A decent I would, I, result I, against Portugal. A decent result in performance against Portugal and a win last night. I mean, 
I know, you, look, you look based. at the points in both Portugal and Spain, they're doing more or less what we expected. But I think they've both been so poor in this in this world in this World Cup. The first game was spectacular. Three three. Best game of the World Cup Ronaldo. so far. I would say. It was exactly what we what we want in in a World Cup. But Portugal's game yesterday was one of the worst things I've seen in my life. It was terrible. Mm. Was Don't a, get too dramatic about it. was a lack of respect to every people alive. That was bad. Morocco deserves some. Morocco deserved to, to win the game. Uh that it was miserable. And um and the Spain game, Iran were they were better than Spain. <laughs> I have to admit that again I was yeah. really surprised. So compact, so solid. They have a plan B, they considered the game, they changed the, the, the plan. The it was it was a the team that was so close to score against Spain several times. And Spain had no ideas, no plan B. They tried to play um through the middle, no no wings, nothing. It was so poor, so poor. I'm really disappointed in, in, in Spain and Portugal. Both maybe both you could you could solve a question for me here. I can't understand. I can't figure out if Carvajal is very good or very bad. I think Jesus. <laughs> no middle the, terms. Just, yeah. No, I like don't. The I don't like that uh, nowadays. I, I want right. to ramp up the excitement here on the podcast. No, I, th- I can't decide if he's good Car- or bad. Carvajal is one of those um, players that. If I if I were a coach, I would like to have him in my team because you usually can rely on him. He's one of those steady guys on on a group. Okay. Um, but I, I'm not expecting something amazing from Carvajal. That's that's the thing. Um, I like I really like Rodrigo Sola, the the other right back. I think is gonna is gonna turn into a very very good fullback. But Hierro really, really likes Carvajal. And I think from now on, we're going to see Carvajal playing for the, for the okay. World Cup. Do you think that they've found the, because we were talking about this last week, the, the, the right balance in midfield? Do you think they've got it? No, I don't think so. Uh, the, the Spain team is really slow. The mm. transition is so slow. It's it's quite predictable. If you're playing with uh, David Silva, Iniesta, they're always going to try to do some one-twos uh, outside the box and try to, to, to put it into Diego Costa. Two guys marking Diego Costa yesterday. He didn't do anything. He scored that kind of own own <laughs> yeah. goal. I don't know how to call it because uh, he's a very persistent man. And you know, if he if he needs to bite someone, he's gonna bite someone. Um, Jeez, I like Diego Costa. Though. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, he wasn't particularly brilliant. No one was particularly good in in the Spain team. So how would you solve it then? I think, and I'm, I, I, I apologize I, to you, Dan, before I say this. I think Silva's the problem. No. No, I don't think so. I, I think it's one tournament too many for Iniesta, actually. Yes. I, I was about to say that Iniesta uh, has been really underwhelming so far. I don't think he, he can start anymore. I'm sorry. I love him. I really love him, but I don't think he's, he's good enough to start for Spain right now. And that's that's one of the problems with Spain. Because you have, you have Busquets as a holding midfielder. You need to have someone who is uh, a box-to-box, like old-school box-to-box. And you have uh, Koke who can do that uh, and then you need some creativity and that's David Silva's job so you just need to drop Iniesta I'm sorry I, I, I cannot believe I'm saying this but I they mean, need to drop Iniesta and I'm, also play with two real wingers which is yeah. something that Spain doesn't have and I don't know why why it doesn't make any sense I'm dying inside <laughs> I think I'm dying a little bit I as can't well. believe you just said that yeah who would you replace him with? I would play Koke. I would yeah. play a, a He didn't make much with... of an impact last night, though. 
Uh, I would play with uh, Busquets, Koke, and David Silva in the middle. That would be my my th- my three men. Well, the others are nodding their heads in appreciation, so they think you have a point. And also, I'm still heartbroken. Also, if you had to play with a full swinger, I would play Saul. Uh, but I don't think Guerreiro is going to do that. A quick honest. word about Portugal while we have you here: uh, they play Iran in the final game. Yeah, and it's winner takes all, really. It is because Spain, is. Spain, you assume will go through from here. Yeah, um, even just a draw, and yeah, but you could, and again, I hate to say this, but you could see Iran maybe doing. Yeah, I, they can do it for sure. They are a much better team than Portugal right now. The the what I saw yesterday, I don't think Portugal can beat San Marino playing like the way <laughs> they on. played yesterday. It was. <laughs> absolutely shameful it was terrible and um and iran they're actually good i'll just remind you that i picked them as my dark horse on the last they have podcast. they have a good coach <laughs> they, they have someone who knows what he's doing he's which is something i cannot say about portugal okay i think the thing also is that you expect so low from iran then if they do a few good things in the game you're like ah it's such a good team okay. and then from Portugal you expect them to be really better at least than in the Euro I, I, 2016 I, they have the same coach and everything I expect him to play football honestly in the first game I thought that Portugal was the champion of Europe but in a better way because they have now Bernardo Silva for instance they have a bit more creativity and, and group, I don't think they lost so much in their quality to defend the group we have uh, right now in Portugal is better than the group overall yeah. that, that existed two years ago. The wow. coach is as bad as two years ago. Well, I mean, so that's, that's a handicap. You're missing Nani. That's who I'd have there. I mean, that's, <laughs> we've talked about that before. Roman, you wanted to talk about the African sides. Yeah, because finally we speak about uh, all the big uh, the big guns and everything. Mm. And it seems like, uh, I don't know, the African teams or maybe even some uh, South American teams or teams from Asia, they're just there for the decorum, you know, just mm-hmm. there to play the first round and then uh, it will become serious. And then well, we some get of them the, have underperformed is what I would say. Egypt, were, Egypt have been poor. I think Egypt did a good game against Uruguay, but Uruguay was not fantastic. Uh, I would have uh, liked to see like this Egypt side with Salah in form against Uruguay. And I think they could have won probably. Then Tunisia, they were really poor. Mm. They don't have much talent. They have a spirit, more or less, but not much talent. Morocco, I think they really deserve better in yeah. their two games. And then Nigeria, it's the same. Not much talent. And uh, But the thing, I think, is uh, most about Senegal. Mm. Because they have a strong team. I think the spirit is really good. Their coach is a guy from Senegal also. Mm. So it's, it's a bit different than also the coach from Europe who sometimes tend to want to do it the European way. And so what, what does he do different then if, for people who wouldn't know? I think the thing is that, uh, for instance, uh, there was an interview about, of Salif Diao, mm-hmm. uh, who was there in 2002 with Senegal when they beat France and they went to the quarterfinal. And is that when they wore the sleeveless jerseys? No, no. That, was, um, oh, that was Cameroon. That was Cameroon, Cameroon. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. And uh, so they had a French coach, but who spent a lot of years in, uh, in Africa. And basically Salif, Salif Diao explained that we had a lot of French coaches before, but they didn't inst- understand the spirit of the African players. They didn't understand how we have to be trained, how, to, how we have to be let off also outside of the field. And I think that with Alucisse uh, in Senegal, he really understand this. He mm. has the spirit and he also can convey this story because he was there in 2002. He can tell the story and I think there is this spirit really in this team. And there's a level of respect for him there as yeah, well. Yeah, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, I think, even more important in Africa 
to have mm. somebody from uh, from your country and who is really respected as a coach. You play for Birmingham City. I mean, you've got to respect that kind of... Uh, and for Paris Saint-Germain. <laughs> ...caliber, haven't you? Yeah. And for Paris Saint-Germain. Don't forget that. <laughs> <It's even laughs> yeah, bigger. That's not, a, that's not a bad thing. They, they'll get out of that group at this from this point, I would imagine. I'm not sure because the, I think this group is really tight. You cannot you cannot really tell what will happen in the next games because I think Colombia, if they were 11 against Japan, they would have probably won. Then I think Poland really... Uh, underperformed. Underperformed, but mm. they are a better side than this. Mm. So you can't really know what will happen in the four next games. Any last points? Anybody wants to get off their chest at Speaking all? of Poland, I read a funny little oh, yeah. thing about them the other day. Apparently cool. in Poland with uh, Polish football fans, they have a... Uh, Basically, the tournaments are always exactly the same for them, and they, all, they even have a name for each game, pretty much. So the first game is always um, the one where you know there's a bit of hope and anticipation. Oh yeah. Second one is like, right, well, we lost the first game, so the pressure's on. We've got to win this one, and the third one's just a dead rubber because they're out of the tournament every single time. <laughs> yeah. So it could uh, could well be the case again this time. And they've, and they've got Emil up front. Yeah, Emil Lewandowski. Yeah. Did you hear this story? No. Robert Lewandowski said the other day that he likes to, uh, when he's out in public, his friends call him a meal um, so that people don't recognise him. And yeah. if people do recognise him, they just say, oh, no, I just look like Robert Lewandowski. My name's actually a meal. <laughs> One last point, Andre. I just I wanted to say something about Peru. Um, oh, yeah. So far, I've, all, I've, I've, watched, I've watched all games um, in this World Cup so far. and He doesn't have a life outside of this. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. But the, the the team that I enjoyed the most, it was Peru. They played with so much so much joy. It's such a positive approach. They were so happy playing football, and it was almost like street football sometimes. And I I miss that in professional football every single day. So I was so happy to see them playing. Uh, let's see how, how it goes against France. I'm really curious. Well, I'm going for France. Thanks, Jan. A little bit. <laughs> okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Dan, Andre Roman, and ex-famous producer, Damo, rockstar, etc. We'll be back next week after the group stages are done and dusted to preview the round of 16. Thanks for listening.